Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. So the last few weeks we have been working through this sermon series focused on the revised mission statement for Stonebridge. And as a reminder, a mission statement is a piece of writing. It's a document that an organization will put together. And it's meant to guide you. It's meant to help you organize your values, to figure out what is truly important. And a good mission statement helps to clarify decisions. When two different good options present themselves, a mission statement should help you be able to choose between which of those two good options you should pursue. And for churches, a mission statement goes even a step deeper. For churches, a mission statement really, it's a clarification of what God is calling us to. It's a clarification of how God wants us to interact with the world and what God wants us to do with the resources that we have. So the elders of Stonebridge spent about two years praying, discerning, debating, dialoguing what it is we felt God was calling us to. So for decades, the mission statement here had been to reach the lost, to make disciples, and to send them out. And while that is a good mission statement, there were some points of clarification that elders wanted to make. So it was updated to read like this, to share the hope of Jesus, deepen our community in faith, extend God's love to others. That's what God is calling us to do together as a community. That's what was discerned, and that's what's presented to you now. So Last or two weeks ago, I focused on sharing the hope of Jesus. Last week, Pastor Jonathan focused on deepening our community in faith. And we're going to talk about that third part today, but we realize it is pretty easily summarized with hope, faith, and love. And as the elders were talking about this, hope, faith, and love, it felt a little familiar. Felt like we had heard that somewhere before. And Paul's verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three remain faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. That's the passage we've been using to prompt the discussions on the different parts of this mission statement. But today I'm going to read the entirety of 1 Corinthians 13. That verse 13, 13 that we've been reading, that's the last verse in that chapter. But this entire chapter is one of the most popular, one of the best, one of the most beautiful expressions of love and what it looks like. So I'm going to read that whole chapter now, and I invite you to hear God's word as we turn to the scriptures. Paul writes this. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 
love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Please pray with me. Lord, as we gather here, we gather to reflect on your love. We gather to reflect on the love that you have extended to us. We gather to reflect on the love that you call us to extend to others. So Lord, make your love apparent to us. Make it clear to us. Help us to understand the ways in which you've loved us that we might reflect that. Help us to understand the ways you love this world, that we might come alongside that love, fall within that love, and extend that to others, Lord. Lord, speak to us through these scriptures now that we might know of your deep, deep love, a love that we can never fathom, a love that we can never imagine, a love that goes beyond what we can comprehend, but yet a love you call us to extend. Speak to us. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we're looking at that third part, as I mentioned, extend God's love to others. And as the Apostle Paul is talking about love here, he says at the very end there, of the three of these between hope, faith, and love, love is the greatest. I don't know what everybody's response to that is. I know that for me, if you had asked me before really studying the Bible, before really looking at this passage, which of these was the greatest, I probably would have said hope. For whatever reason, I think I personally connect with hope more. I know some of us have a deep sense of faith, the gift of faith, so faith might be with what you connect with more. But in this passage, Paul doesn't leave the option up to us to choose which is the greatest. He makes that decision for us. Of these three, love is the greatest. Paul's pretty clear about that. Why exactly, though, is love the greatest? Why is that the one that he lifts up above these other two very important pieces of Christian faith, aspects of Christian faith? Why is love the greatest? Well, I'm going to do something this week that I usually try to never do. I'm going to break my own rules. Usually, when you're coming to the Bible, a good practice is if you're reading one book or one writer in Scripture and a question comes up, the best thing to do is try to find the answer within that same writer. If Paul raises a question for you, find that answer within Paul. If the Gospel of John raises a question for you, don't try to answer it with Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Try to find that answer within John to figure out what the Holy Spirit was saying through that author. That's normally good practice, but we're going to throw that out the window today. 
Because I think when it comes to love, Paul is not alone in lifting it up as the greatest attribute of Christian faith. I think if you turn to any New Testament book, you can see love lifted up prominently. Love is the greatest throughout the New Testament. So we're going to turn real quick to John, 1 John, a letter that John wrote, likely the writer of the Gospel of John. If not the writer of the Gospel of John, then it was a, a, a student, a disciple of John's, passing along his message. Because John focuses on love also. And I think John clarifies for us why love is the greatest. In 1 John 4, 7 through 12, he writes this. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. So a couple of things there. Why is love the greatest? Well, because God is love. They are one and the same. In those moments where you have a healthy relationship, a life-giving relationship, where you would say there is actual love there, it's not just a feeling. It's not just some subjective experience. According to the Bible, when the relationships that we have with other people reflect the love that we see discussed in Scripture, that is the presence of God in our lives. God is that love. That's the only reason we are able to have relationships that give us life. Because God is here in our midst. So why is love the greatest? Because it is the very presence of God in our lives. That's how we know God is with us. That's one reason why I think love is the greatest. But John also here talks about this idea that no one has ever seen God. There's a lot of truth there. I know I have never seen God physically. I'm guessing none of you have. If you have, come and talk to me, okay? Got some questions for you. But no one has seen God. Think about it for a second. We come here every week as a church, and we worship this God that we think we know through some experiences we've had, through a book that we read and reflect on and study on, through conversations we have with one another, but not one of us has ever seen this God physically. I can't tell you what color hair God's is. I can't tell you how tall God is. We know that God was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, so God has a physical body, but I can't tell you what it looks like. No one has seen God. So we worship this God that we can't describe, that we can't see physically, that no one has seen. 
And then we're called to go out and to tell the world of this God so that they can also worship this God, place their hope and faith and trust in this God. It's a pretty tall task. And the only way we are able to do that is by reflecting God's love. It's pretty clear. The only way the world is ever going to get a glimpse of the God that is love is if we extend God's love. That's how they're able to see who this God is. We can't describe God physically, but we can live out the traits of the God that we worship in our own lives. I mean, Jesus is really clear in the Gospel of John. He says, love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. That love sets us apart because it is the very presence of God in our lives and it's the only way the world is going to know who God is. It's the only way that the world is going to be able to experience God's love. Words alone will not do it. That love has to be embodied. It has to be extended. And we're the ones called to do that. So I think Paul is correct. Jumping back over to Paul now. Love is the greatest of these. We can proclaim the hope that we have all day and all night. We can use our words to proclaim that hope, and we should and we must but if it isn't paired with the love that reflects God's character, with the love that is God, then we're not actually proclaiming that hope to the world. It's just words. They don't get a glimpse of the deep, deep love that God has for them, which is at the core of God's character. And as Paul says, if you have the deepest faith, faith that can move mountains, but you don't have that love, it means nothing. That love reflects God. The faith that you have is in the God who bestows that love upon you. And if the love isn't paired with the faith, then I would question what it is you actually have faith in. The faith that you have should result in overflowing of love, extending of love to others. So love is the greatest. I think it's pretty clear. You can pick up any book in the New Testament, and if you read long enough, you'll understand love is the greatest. But this does raise another question for us. Love is a very vague word. It's one of those words that can mean so many different things. I tell my boys I love them every day, and what I mean by that is I will do anything for you. I will die if it means you, will sit, you are safe. And then I also tell my ghost pepper potato chips from Trader Joe's. I love you too. And what I mean is get in my mouth because you are yummy. It's not the same thing, folks. Love has a wide range of meaning here. So what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Night of the Roxbury, huh? Remember that? Yeah. Well, I don't think that we just have to grasp about for an answer to this. I think Paul does a pretty good job of explaining to us what love is in the passage that I read. Now, we know God is love, so these attributes Paul's talking about, they don't just reflect love, but they reflect God and who God is and God's character lived out in human beings. But Paul says, 
Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's love. That's what love looks like. And I think you can take that list there and use it as a checklist in your own life. Use it as a checklist. Reflect on the way you interact with the people close to you. Does it reflect that picture of love? Now, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You aren't perfect. But is that at least an aspiration? Are you at least trying to reflect that character of love, that picture of love that Paul describes there? That's what love looks like when the Bible's talking about it. The other piece of this too, I think of love, going back to John now and Jesus' words in John, Jesus has this line where he says, greater love has no other than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. There's an aspect to this love that the Bible talks about that involves sacrifice. Giving up of what you have for the sake of other people. That's at the core of the love that the Bible talks about. Sacrificing. Being willing to give. If you're not willing to sacrifice for someone or something, I would question whether or not it's actually love that you're experiencing. Because the clearest picture of love that we have is Jesus on the cross. God coming down into humanity, becoming human, and suffering and dying and sacrificing for the sake of this creation. That's the clearest picture of love. And if there is never any sacrifice, if you are never giving up something for those you say you love, then it's not reflecting the love that God calls us to, that God has bestowed on us. And Jesus here says, love one another, love your friends. But he also says elsewhere, love your enemy. Are you willing to actually sacrifice for your enemy also? Are you willing to actually sacrifice for your opponent, to be patient, to be kind? The kind of love that Jesus calls us to, that's the standard. And it's not easy. That's why we need God and God's presence in our lives to be able to extend this type of love. That's, I think, what love is. That's what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about love. And that's the love that I believe we're called to extend. So each and every one of us is going to have ample opportunities throughout our lives to extend this love as individuals. And I believe strongly, the deeper you grow in faith, the easier it is to see those opportunities for what they are. Not as burdens, not as somebody just annoying you, but as opportunities to extend God's love. And I don't know what that's going to look like for each of you individually. I don't know all of the relationships you have in your life. I don't know where there's strife in those relationships. I don't know where there's harmony in those relationships. I can't tell you what it's exactly going to look like in each of your lives. But I know that as a community growing deeper in faith, 
is how we learn to extend that love more and more in our day-to-day individual lives. So I encourage you to do that. But while I can't say what it looks like for you individually, I can say what it's going to look like for us as a community in the year 2024. We've been working here at Stonebridge on how we approach missions, how we approach reaching out to the community, to the world. And in the year 2024, we're going to be doing it a little bit differently at Stonebridge. We want to extend God's love here. Well, we're going to provide some opportunities for us to do that that I just dropped. (laughs) Whatever. I got a slide for you all, all right? There you go. We've been working to develop some opportunities of how we can extend God's love to others as a community, concretely, specifically, by giving of our time, of our talents, of our money, of our service. So in 2024 we're going to set aside a couple months for six different mission partners that we've developed. And we're really going to highlight who those mission partners are. This was after a couple years of prayer and discernment also from different teams who have been working on this. So we're going to begin by highlighting Uganda. Stonebridge has had a long-standing relationship with the Day Spring community in Uganda. And there's a medical clinic that you're going to hear more about coming up. We're going to be figuring out how we can help with that. By the way, these are also in your worship programs. If you look on the back page of your worship programs, Richard, I see you taking a picture. We already did that for you. So save you some time there. No problem. So Uganda, that'll be January and February. We'll be giving you some opportunities to, to help love that community there, help extend God's love there. And then mid-March to mid-May, We'll be working with Sarah's house. We did this last year. Many of you participated. We'll be pretty much doing something similar. I encourage you to come and join that. May and June, we'll be looking at Haiti awareness. We've had a partnership with Haiti, but some of you may know the government in Haiti has pretty much collapsed. And it's really difficult to get help there and to know it's going to be received there. So we're going to be figuring out what we can do, how we can be praying how we can be helping. Many of you have supported children in Haiti, and those relationships have to continue. We'll be figuring out how to do that, talking about that together as a community. July and August, we'll be working with James Storehouse again, like we did this July and August and the one before. September, we'll be working on building houses with Mexico. October, November, we'll be working with Samaritan Center. Many of you are familiar with Samaritan Center. That's actually going to begin in a couple weeks here also. You'll be hearing a lot more about Samaritan Center starting this October and November. And then in December, we'll be working on our special offering, Heart of Christmas. These are going to be opportunities, not just to serve the community, but opportunities to extend God's love. And I want to say this might seem overwhelming to you. The intent here is not that every single person participates in every single opportunity. The intent here is to ask you, to challenge you, to invite you, to begin praying about which of these you think God might be calling you to. Not everyone's going to want to connect with the same ministries in the same exact way. Some of you are going to have a deeper passion for international missions. Some of you are going to have a deeper passion for local missions, and that's okay. But I want to invite you to pray, to discern, to talk with your growth group. Figure out which of these do you want to make an extra effort to be a part of, to extend God's love in. Which of these do you feel called 
to extend God's love in. Those are the opportunities that we as a church are gonna provide for you. And I wanna encourage you to take those opportunities and to see what it is God is placing on your heart. At the end of the day, love is the greatest. Love is how we let this world know who God is. Love is how we take the words of the proclamation of the hope we have and put it into action so that people don't just hear it, but they experience it and they feel it. And the love that we are talking about is at the very center of the character of the God that we worship. Now, 2024 may be a pretty chaotic year. Some of you might know you might have heard, you might have read somewhere that there's an election happening. It might be raising some anxieties in you. I don't know. You might be feeling a little bit of tension already building from the ads that you see. Here at Stonebridge, this is what we're going to be focused on. This is what we're going to be pursuing. This is our mission. Extending God's love, reaching our community, reaching throughout this world so that that love spreads, so that we remind this world that the God that we worship has already won the victory, that God's love will win in the end, that God's love is stronger than any of the forces dividing us in this world or any of the evil that we see in this world. God's love is stronger than all of that. That is our statement that is our proclamation, and that is what we're going to live out as a church. God's love wins in the end, and the world needs to know that. So, I invite you, pray about what God might be calling you to in 2024. Pray about what it is God is placing on your heart. Pray about the opportunities God is placing in front of you to extend that love, to let this world know that God's love wins in the end and that God's love is stronger than anything. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the many ways in which you show us your love. We thank you for the many ways in which you call us to love the community around us, the ways in which you call us to extend that love. Help us to take those opportunities. Help us to see those opportunities. Help us to bask in your love. Help us to trust in your love. Help your love to define us, Lord. Lord, help the hope that we have be lived out.
things have passed.